0: Basketball season won't be around forever, so get in on all of the action now with DraftKings, the leader in one-day fantasy sports. DraftKings is giving new players a free shot at millions of dollars in total prizes. Claim your free shot at millions of dollars in total prizes when you use code THPN during sign-up. Playing daily fantasy basketball is simple. Just pick your lineup, stay under the salary cap, and see how your team stacks up against the competition. Feel the sweat like never before. Every dunk, steal, assist means so much more with the DraftKings Daily Fantasy lineup. Baseball fans, you may have missed out on season-long fantasy, so now is the time to get in on all the daily fantasy action, where DraftKings has even more ways to make it rain. With DraftKings, payday comes every day for players, so what are you waiting for? Head to the app now. Download the DraftKings app now and use code THPN during signup. This week, DraftKings is putting you in the action with a free shot at millions of dollars in total prizes. That's code THPN, and you can get a free shot at millions of dollars in total prizes only at
1: DraftKings. This is the Hockey Podcast Network, your home for hockey talk on every team in the NHL.
0: Hey everyone, welcome to the Bolts Broadcast. My name is Mike Mitchelson, Chase
1: Grosho with me today. Chase, how you doing? I'm okay, honestly. That's, that's really about it. it's okay. My allergies are just terrible today. Oh my god. I woke up this morning, I couldn't breathe. I still sound kind of like stuffed up, congested right now. It, it's just been a morning of coughing, blowing my nose, and hacking shit up. It, it's been brutal. Yeah, that's really tough. Uh, I've never had that happen to me, ever, because...
0: I don't have allergies. Thank the Lord. Um, It's a good thing we don't have John on the show because he's someone that just, when COVID started, he talks about natural selection. He's like, hey, if it's going to happen, it's going to happen. And he says the same for allergies. So he'd probably be ripping you right now if he heard that.
1: I mean, they are allergies. What am I supposed to do about it? I'm just kind of chilling. (laughs) I don't have any control over it. Yeah, I've got no idea. John's uh. He's a he's
0: a crazy guy, and that's why he was you know out at the bar on a Monday night. But that's um, cool. you know it, it is what it is. But for today's bolts broadcast, we're gonna be talking about an update on Kucherov and Stamkos. Gonna be looking at our most recent game against the Tamp or against the Detroit Red Wings. Gonna be looking at an upcoming series, uh, our last series of the season, and then after the commercial break, we got a lot to talk about. Uh, And I I think the main topic is going to be Tom Wilson and what he did. So uh, I'm actually super excited to get into that because, Chase, we've talked about it many times before that the um, Department of Player Safety, they've kind of it seems like they've been lacking, at least since George Paros has been there. Um, So I'm excited to get into that. Yeah, oh, oh, I am very ready, very ready. <laughs> I see that you uh, you have a couple sentences written out here. I'm not going to be, you know, reading those, but uh, I can't wait for you to, to scream these. There's a couple that are just in all caps, which is, which is great. So, well, Chase, let's hop first into the Stamkos and Kucherov news, as today we got an update that both were out on the ice in regular jerseys, and I believe they're the
1: first two out on the ice. Yeah, they were uh big news i mean good to see we we kind of knew you know with kucherov he was gonna be ready to go for playoffs uh he's probably been ready for a little bit but they gotta kind of play this game oh you know he's just healing slowly whatever i'm sure he's been ready for the last like two three weeks but there's no point of trying to maneuver the cap to get him in so he'll be fresh for playoffs and help us go on that run and then stammer you know this is this is I'm to talk about with my brother over the weekend. This injury, when it first happened, I thought it was only going to be a day or two. End up turning into the rest of the regular season. Uh, and it's been, you know, about a month now since he's played. So it, it's it's going to be good to, you know, hopefully get him in for playoffs. He's hoping that he's ready for uh, game one of the playoffs, which, gosh, I hope too. But, I mean, the way he's been just healing and getting hurt these last couple of years, it, it's getting kind of scary, dude. His career really might be deteriorating fast. I agree. It's very scary. I mean, uh, I'm going to compare it to a football
0: player, Tyler Eifert. um, But he just had, I think, like a lingering ankle injury uh, like three, four years back. And he was out for the rest of the season. But it was just an ankle injury. It was nothing big like any other player would come back from it. It seems like that's kind of the same thing with Stamkos. Something small, a tweak can turn into something bigger. And that's really tough. But Chase, I want to get your opinions on... The possibility of seeing Kucherov or Stamkos in a regular season game before the playoffs—is there a chance that we get to see them come in and get a little warm-up action before the playoffs hit, or is there really just no reason to
1: risk it? No reason. I mean that that's just first of all, no reason to risk it. I mean they they've just been chilling. We're in the playoffs. What the hell's the point? And we'd have to maneuver the cap in some crazy way anyway. I mean like Stamkos is on LTIR himself, so that clears up cap space. Uh, It wouldn't be easy to do, so playoffs come around. You don't have to worry about the cap anymore. They'll both be ready for then. Sounds good. Well, Chase, let's
0: hop into our most recent game. This was on... Uh, Sunday, May 2nd, against the Detroit Red Wings. We had a game uh, prior with the Red Wings that, unfortunately, we dropped to them, and that ended our four-game win streak. However, this game uh, played out much better for our Tampa Bay Lightning, and it puts
1: us on a one-game win streak right now, trying to extend that this Wednesday. Yeah, I mean, definitely a much better outcome. I mean, Blake Coleman scored 16 seconds into the game. I mean, it, I, I I turned on the game right at the start. I looked down at my phone for a second. I looked up in there, slumbered, and go, I'm like, what what the hell just happened? Uh, but yeah, you know, Coleman uh, got on the board quick, and then obviously Detroit never came back. The final was two to one, and it was just another game where Detroit really the whole time they just weren't in it. I mean, 23 total shots. It's not a you know very good team. Uh, you know, Grice and Bernier we've mentioned before been playing well for them. You know, Bernier made 40 saves and 42 shots. So you know you know good on him. But at the end of the day, his team's just brutal in front of him. Absolutely. And when you nearly double a team's shots, that that's
0: usually going to work out pretty well for you. I mean, there's chances, there's times where that doesn't happen to be the case. Uh, We've seen that before with this Red Wings team as well. Um, But Chase, I want to talk about the Blake Coleman goal and how he scored only 16 seconds into the game. What does that do to an opponent, an opposing team's morale? Obviously, we know that we want to get on the board first in uh, a, a quick goal like this is a great way to do it. But when a team gets scored on within the first minute of a game, is it is it something that really hinders an opposing team
1: or is it something that usually teams just kind of shake off? So I'll, I'll speak to from a couple you know points here when I was a player and I, you know, I only played high school hockey, nothing major. But uh, when, when I got scored on early, it was kind of a wake up call. It's like, all right, that these guys are really ready to come. And I got to zone in a little more and you play a little bit harder and a, a little more reckless until you can try to tie up. And then, you know, you kind of go back to your original game. But in, in this instance, you know, this Red Wings team, they're, they're not a very good team. When, when you have a lot like a pattern of, of failure, you know, the, granted the Red Wings, they've had some good strengths here, you know, the last month and a half of the season, they've, they've had some good play. But still, you know, when, when you're clearly an outmatched team, you know, a t- uh, the other team scores early and it's like, oh boy, th- this could be bad. We just got to do everything we can to try to, you know, suppress it. And I mean, they tried. I mean, Tampa still only scored two goals because Bernie played phenomenal. But, you know, the rest of the guys around them, they just kind of demoralized, uh, inexperienced, or just flat out, you know, not good enough anymore. So pretty much what it comes down to, you know, in, in an instance of a, of a bad team, it's down, it's luck. It's just going to kind of put them in a hole even more. But really any other team, it should kind of wake them up. Okay, and
0: now let me ask you the other side of the coin. What does it do for a team that gets that goal within the first, you know, 16 seconds, like you would Blake Coleman? I'm sure it's got to get them just absolutely electrified and they're ready to go.
1: Oh, yeah. You, you, you instantly get double the energy. Uh, you know, sometimes it's a good thing, sometimes it's a bad thing. If, if you can, you know, take it and you can score a couple goals early, like you, you score 10, 15 seconds into the, the game, then you can score another one within that first half of the first period. You're going to be in good control for the rest of the game. But sometimes, you know, the energy can really double up and everyone wants to be flying around. And if you don't have the luck, you're going to kind of crash earlier. And then in in the third period, you're going to be a little bit slower. And the other team can kind of take advantage of that. So, you know, if this was a different team than the Red Wings, you know, we could have seen a different outcome here, especially with Tampa only squeezing in two goals. But. You know, because it is the Red Wings, it's not as talented of a team, um, If even if the Lightning did pull back the reins a little bit, they were still in a good spot.
0: Absolutely. Well, Chase, let's take a look at our series that starts on Saturday and will finish next Monday with the Florida Panthers. Uh, we've got Dallas on Wednesday. We have Dallas on Friday, but then We head into Florida on Saturday and Monday, and we did cover the Dallas series in last episode, but we'll be taking a look at the Florida series now, and this is a team that is good. This is used to be little brother, but right now they've been a much better team, and this is actually a crucial series because right now, if you look at the division, Florida currently sitting second with 75 points. Tampa sitting third with 73 points. Tampa does have an extra two games over Florida. So, uh, or at least left, two games left. Um, So this is going to be a crucial series, one that could determine uh, the seeding of the Central Division. And if Tampa does well against Dallas and Florida, that could push them into first and not have to verse the second or the third seed, depending on where they finish.
1: Yeah, you know it's it's gonna be interesting. Um, this is obviously as Mike, you know, mentioned, talented Florida team with with um, you know some stuff on the line still. So it's not like these teams are just gonna be kind of sitting back. They're still gonna you know definitely put in an effort. Maybe not necessarily hundred percent, but maybe you know like a ninety percent where they're still gonna to try to win the game. They still want to try to get that positioning. But at the end of the day, they're gonna to try to prepare themselves for the playoffs. Um, I mean, if Tampa can come out with, with, with a, you know serious sweep here, that'd be fantastic. But really, like when it comes down to it. I'm I'm not too worried. It seems like it's really just going to be Tampa, Florida, first round anyway. So what what whatever happens happens. I mean, if we get the you know second seed instead of third seed, great. If we get third seed instead of second seed, whatever it is, what it is. Yeah,
0: and I'm I would be so happy to see a Florida Tampa matchup in the first round. Uh, That'd be awesome just to stay in the state of Florida and have little brother and big brother go at each other and see who's really the top dog. I myself am a big brother. However, Chase, you are a little brother. Um I always know that I'm going to beat down Jake. I'm sure you always know that Tyler's going to beat you down. So nope. it seems like there Tam- a chance. Oh. <laughs> so, um I I guess, you know, if Tampa's coming in it, if Tampa's coming in as the big brother, then you would expect them to take the series, but who knows? Uh it could be a Fun little matchup there. But Chase, I'm really hoping to see Spencer Knight in one of these two games. Um, Will it happen? Who knows? But to think that Florida wouldn't try their luck with Spencer Knight in yet another game after a stellar performance in his first game, I think that would be kind of dumb of them if they didn't want to at least test the waters. I mean, Bob and Dreiger, they've been decent, but recently they've
1: lacked a little bit more. So I'd love to see Spencer Knight in one of these last two games of the regular season. Yeah, I mean, with him getting a little more playing time beforehand, I don't think it's impossible. Uh, it'd be cool to see him too. Obviously, I want us to, you know, shit on him. If he's in that, I don't care who's in that. Nice. I want Tampa to win 15 to nothing. Oh, why Why wouldn't I? But I'd still want to check it out, you know, you know, see see what he can do against an elite team. Yeah, for sure. Well, Chase, we're going to hop to a quick commercial break.
0: After the break, we're going to be talking about the Tom Wilson um, Situation, I guess we'll call it. So we'll talk about that and so much more right after this. What's up, everybody? It's Jaron from the Hockey Podcast Network's newest show, the Windy City Benners podcast. My co-host Tanner and I bring our unique takes on Blackhawks hockey.
1: Us on this show have been a, a pro Carlton guy. for. He's the right coach for the situation.
0: Giving it to our rivals.
1: That's one of the things that kind of sucks. I wish we would have had the Blues in our division this year because we are trash
0: as well as bringing in some guests from the NHL. Please welcome to the show goaltender Scott Darling. The Eagle himself, Ed Belfour, Brian Bickle. David Boland. Letterkenny.
1: The show started out with uh, basically uh, a beer league hockey team. And
0: anybody who loves the game. Find us on all your favorite podcast apps, the Hockey Podcast Network website, and on social media at WCB Podcasts. All right, and we are back, Chase. Let's talk about the Tom Wilson situation. So if you haven't happened to see it, Tom Wilson, he did some some things to Pavel Buchnevich and Artemi Panarin in their game against New York. Um, and, w- well, I, I think that it should have been a suspension. However, the Department of Player Safety disagreed, and they only gave... Tom Wilson a five thousand dollar fine. Uh, Chase, why don't you talk about what happened, and then also you can get into your your big beef
1: with the Department of Player Safety. So it starts off, uh, you know, kind of a crashing the net. Uh, you know, Vitek Vanacek's in net. Pavel Buchnevich kind of crashes. Then after the pucks, you know, kind of in his possession, gives him a little tap on the pad. Play still live, so is what it is. You know, I understand players want on, you know, get kind of they get frustrated want want to kind of get a shot back to the other guy. Uh, so that happens all the time. You know, if if a goalie gets poked, you know, you might get a shove or a cross check and, you know, you, you move on after a little bit of, of a skirmish. But no, this isn't the case. Pavel Pichenevich is on the ground. Uh, you know, Tom Wilson makes sure to take him down. Uh, so his face is down on the ice. And of course, you know, Tom Wilson just has to punch him as hard as he can in the back of the head uh obviously the rangers aren't gonna like that so they go after start going after wilson and then wilson is like oh my god there's these tough people that actually have a chance against me no i'm I'm a, I'm a little bitch I'm, I'm gonna go back off and find panarin who's not ready to fight and sucker punch him a bunch of times so that's what he did and you know normal tom wilson fashion uh he gets three penalties he gets a 10 minute misconduct in that as well and then department of player safety comes out and says oh five thousand dollar fine are you fucking kidding me anybody who's seen this video unless you're a blind ass washington fan which is this is right at you hockey troll by the way this is right at you because i know you're 100 defending him and i haven't seen you do anything about it yet but i know 100 percent you're defending him and it's bush league because this is just absolute garbage this isn't shit that's that's meant for the nhl it's, it's not good for the game of hockey it's setting a bad example it's just it's incentivizing hurting players i mean five thousand dollars to an nhl player is nothing it's like me you know cleaning out my car I find some loose change, and then I just throw it out the window. That's, that's, pretty, that's pretty much what this is. It's an absolute joke. The fact that the Department of Player Safety only has a five thousand dollar maximum fine is fucking embarrassing. I mean, the the NHL PA's lawyer, whoever the hell was the one that negotiated that, he I mean he he deserves every bit of like, credit for that, because that's just incredible. Uh the fact that, you know, the stupid ass repeat offender rule is is in play, so oh, he's not listed as a repeat offender because he hasn't been suspended in the last however many months. And, you know, that's just garbage. It, if you get suspended before, it should all, always be the same. Just because, you know, there was a long break. You know, like, don't, don't forget, there was a huge stretch where there was just no hockey played. Um, so that, that counts into the like, uh, time span of him not being suspended too. So there was just a lot less opportunity for him to do shit. And then when he does shit, you know, after that time frame has passed, he just gets off scot-free. It's just an absolute fucking joke to me. And I agree 100 percent with Chase. And
0: uh, if you have heard me talk about Tom Wilson before, you know that I am not a Tom Wilson fan at all. So uh, I put him in the same boat as Rafi Torres. That might be going a little far, but uh, I've just never, never been a fan of Tom Wilson whatsoever. Um, So I think it's pretty stupid as well, that he's only getting a $5,000 fine. And uh, there's some contradicting or conflicting I'll say uh, viewpoints out on Twitter so you have Ryan Whitney coming out saying uh, in case you didn't know every single GM in the NHL would want Tom Wilson on their team uh, for those of you crying that he should be kicked out of the league shut the hell up um, so you've got Ryan Whitney kind of defending Tom Wilson uh, I don't believe I saw him say anything about Tom like defending Tom Wilson's actions because I think if anyone defended Tom Wilson's like actual actions that'd be a little asinine. Uh, but then you had John Scott, 2016 All Star, um, who was an enforcer himself. He said that it was an absolute joke. John Scott came out and said he's a repeat offender. How is he only getting a $5,000 fine? And he said that this just sets a precedent. If Peros wants to do this crap with Tom Wilson, if I'm a player that, you know, uh, doesn't necessarily matter to the overall uh picture of you know scoring and and everything like that if i'm a player that can get away with some of this stuff a little bit of a grinder if i see Sidney crosby i'm gonna punch him in the head i'm gonna slew foot him i'm gonna twist his ankle that's what john scott was saying he was like if it's only a five thousand dollar fine for what tom wilson did what's gonna happen to me if i freaking twist someone's ankle Absolutely nothing. It's bullshit what they're doing. Uh, So I I love those points from John Scott. I personally um, lean towards John Scott's point of view than Ryan Whitney's. However, I do think that NHL GMs, most NHL GMs, would like Tom Wilson on their team. Because he's a guy that is very physical um, and can also score a little bit. But I don't know. I, I just... I'm happy when Tom Wilson has to go against guys
1: who are also big and bad because then he cowers like a little bitch. Yep. No shit. Every fucking team in the NHL wants Tom Wilson on their team because he can do this fucking shit and just get away with it all the time. It's it's embarrassing. If I could have a guy who could just intentionally try to injure players and just pull cheap, dirty shit every game and they just get off with here's a little bit of a fine. No shit. I fucking want him on my team. I'll pay for those fines myself at that point. It, it, it's a joke. This He's a good player too. If he just, Cut the shit and you know fucking checked himself, checked his attitude, and wasn't such a dirty ass player. And he just played the game hard and he scored goals. I I would like Tom Wilson. I love that kind of hockey player. You know he could be like a Cam Neely type of guy if he really wanted to. He could he could start finding the net more. He could reel himself in and become that kind of player. But he doesn't want it. He wants to be scum. He wants to be shit he doesn't want to fight anybody that's tough i mean he he does not go after any tough players He'll, like there's a there's a picture of him uh, uh Matt Martin knocked him over uh, a couple seasons ago and he was throwing a pissy fit on the ice oh, okay, oh wow a, a tough guy finally came up to you man and, and we saw your fucking true colors all you do is go after star players these people that aren't you know playing physical games the game of hockey has changed so much that you know we have pretty much all these skill players and these physical players are really winding you know kind of like finding themselves out of the game so, there's less and less people to match up against Tom Wilson. So, he takes advantage of that shit and just goes after these star players. You know, I really would not mind because in the American Hockey League and in the East Coast Hockey League, there's still a lot of tough sons of bitches down there. I would love for every team that Tom Wilson has to face to call up somebody to just beat the shit out of them because, like, there's plenty of guys that are down at those lower leagues that are way, 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 way tougher than anybody else in the NHL.
0: Yeah, absolutely, and you talked about Tom Wilson getting the shit beat out of him. I think as a, I think it was a reply to John Scott's tweet. Uh, it was just someone that said, here's a friendly reminder that Wayne Simmons absolutely thrashed Tom Wilson. It was a video of him just kicking his ass, and there's nothing better than that because as someone who is just not a fan of Tom Wilson whatsoever, stuff like that is just so fun to watch, and it even uh, belongs with, like... Um, who was it? Zedano Chara versus the dude on Columbus a while back. Um, where Oh no no, it was Milan Lucic. It was Milan Lucic versus uh I don't even remember the guy from Columbus's name. Um, but he knocked out Milan Lucic and things Ooh. like that. Was it Jody Shelley? I don't think so. I think it was a defenseman. I don't know if Shelley's a defenseman? A defenseman?
1: No, he was not. Okay.
0: Yeah. So, but anyways, um, Seeing a player like Lucic and Tom Wilson get knocked on their ass—it's great. It's a great feeling. But 100%. Chase, we'll move on from that. Um, let's get into a incredible story with Michael Hauser. He wins his NHL debut for the Sabers. He was an undrafted goalie, but he hasn't started an AHL game
1: in over five years. Yeah, kind of a uh, a crazy little thing here. So, as you just mentioned, you know Michael Hauser. Gets called up for the Buffalo Sabres. Makes his NHL start. I don't know what the exact situation was. I think there was injuries ahead of him. So, you know, it is what it is. You get to give a guy his first NHL opportunity. You know, he's 28 years old. Uh, He was never drafted. And, you know, he he just got an NHL contract. uh, And he gets to come in. And he plays pretty well for Buffalo. Uh, He hasn't started an NHL game in five years, you know, as as you mentioned. Last time he started games was with the Ontario Reign in 2015-2016 season. Uh, The rest, he's been in the East Coast League the whole time. Been a pretty good goalie down there, but, you know, that's also the East Coast League. It really doesn't mean too much. Uh, You get up to the NHL and it's it's a completely different game. But goalies are weird. You know, sometimes goalies can go on hot streaks and all of a sudden some random goalie who has no business being in the NHL can just go on a tear. You know, Andrew Hammond is a good example of that. Um, That's the first name I thought of. Yeah, so it's like this, this stuff happens before. You know, even Scott Darling, he, he earned himself in a starting NHL goalies contract when he was never worth that in the first place because, you know, goalies, if they're just in the right groove, they're any goalie can make saves. And it's kind of what happened for Mike Houser here. You know, he comes in, he lets up two goals, but has a 944 save. Uh, they win the game 4-2 to and, you know, maybe he gets another start here or two to finish out the season. And uh, who knows, maybe for some reason he gets to be an NHL goalie going forward.
0: Yeah, an awesome story for Michael Hauser. Um, And I just looked it up, Chase. It was Dalton Prout that dropped Milan Lucic. Okay, yeah, yeah, yeah. Tough dude. But I wanted to go back to the Hamburglar stuff. Um, Didn't he get, like...
1: Free burgers from McDonald's Mm -hmm. or something for the rest of his life. Yeah, up in Canada. Yeah, he got free uh like burgers from Canadian McDonald's the rest of his life. Like, like what? How does that happen? Just a a nickname and a good little streak
0: of goaltending can get you that. That's that's amazing. Good for. We got to get a nickname going for us. (laughs) Yeah. So that if we if we find ourselves (gasps) on a good little streak of luck, then maybe we'll get something. Uh, okay. Our our nickname the
1: chick-fil-a yes. spicy chicken sandwich boys absolutely <laughs> the first thing that came to my mind was chick-fil-a well we're, we're, we're gonna we're gonna really workshop this we're gonna find something better than chick-fil-a spicy sandwich boys <laughs> but we're, 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 we're gonna come up with something good and chick-fil-a you, you can sponsor us and we won't even mind you know promoting the food and restaurant on the show honestly are you kidding me could you imagine? Just doing
0: live shows of the bolts broadcast with Chick Fil A catered right oh to my us, God. Oh. and you know, it, instead of our uh, mid roll commercial break um, being you know whatever it is for, um, it's just like, hey, have you, or, or even adding a commercial break, just hey, have you ever had Chick Fil A? It's really good, and then it just shows us eating Chick Fil A. Oh, I'm in, I'm in. <laughs> It'd be great. But Chase, let's talk about some stats for uh, you know there, there's a couple players out there doing pretty well this year Um, you know like Austin Matthews he's doing pretty well when it comes to goals having 39 on the season so far Uh but there is one player out there who's nearing a 100 points on
1: a shortened season yeah dude Connor McDavid believe it or not you know if there's any other name that you thought then you know you're silly but McDavid just doing incredible things uh, he's averaging like 3 points a game over his last few games. He, he, he like he's just dominating and if the 100 point mark is very much in, you know in reach. If he can hit 100 points in a 56 game season, I mean holy hell dude. In today's NHL that's an impressive line. You know, it, it's going to be hard to ever top numbers that like Grutskeir or the Mew put up, but like McDavid is that type of dude where if someone was going to do it, I mean it, it's him cuz he's just a ridiculous talent. He's clearly better than everybody else. You watch him play, and, and I've mentioned it before. It seriously looks like the varsity kid got sent down to play freshman hockey, and is just dominating everybody. Like it, it just—he looks like he is only half trying. He still puts up three points a game. It just—it's—it's it's incredible everything that he does on the ice.
0: And I don't want to say it's because he's in the North Division, but I mean some of it has to do with that. But Chase, I will say I think it was back in February I asked the question or I or I posed the question to you. Does Matt or does McDavid finish fifteen points ahead of the next guy below? You said no. I also disagreed. I didn't think that was going to be possible. He's currently eighteen points above Leon Dreisaitl,
1: his teammate, who currently holds second. Yeah, and I mean, it's it's definitely possible to, to hold that lead, but at the same time, if McDavid's scoring, you know, Dreisaitl all he needs is. Three or four more extra points in that span. It's not impossible, but at the same time, it's also not lucky. So, I mean, Adar McDavid does it. Yeah, which is absolutely crazy. And I I don't want to just
0: disregard Austin Matthews, too, because he's had a phenomenal season himself with 39 goals on the season. He's surely going to hit 40 on the season. And this is a player that was on an incredible pace, on a goal-per-game pace that slowed down a bit, but... Having forty goals in a fifty-six game season—that's incredible.
1: Yeah, it, it, it is. Don't get me wrong, but I see so much shit on Twitter that just pisses me off on a daily basis. I hate using Twitter. I really do. I see so much dumb shit. It just makes me mad for no reason. And I see Toronto beat writers are saying shit like "Awesome Matthews scoring," you know, at at a sixty-six point or sixty-six goal season over eighty-two games. Uh, no one's done that in the modern day, or not even close. First of all, Ovechkin had 65 goals. Second of all, Sam Klos also had 60 goals. So I'd say those are pretty close. Um, Matthews, he has not scored 66 goals in the season. You know, he's scoring 39, 40 right now. And people are saying he's putting up more impressive seasons than Lemieux and Gretzky. I fucking hate the Toronto media. Oh, boy, dude. Toronto, they love their, uh, they love hyping, hyping up their
0: players, and especially Austin Matthews. But do you remember when Austin Matthews was originally getting some hate when he first went over to Toronto? Because oh he's God. a good old American boy and he supported Team America or Team USA he, uh, when it was a
1: hockey tournament. He literally tweeted out the American flag because they won a game and everyone's like, that's it. I'm done with Matthew's trade and we don't need this shit anymore. Like, are you guys stupid? Are you that stupid? Honestly, please. If you're, if you're that stupid, just let me know and I can stop getting mad at you. I
0: want to see Chase's uh, Twitter block list because I'm sure 80% of them are Toronto sports media oh, because... Easy. The, the amount of um, – it, it really is like they have freaking bipolar disease because one day Austin Matthews is the Lord and Savior, and the next day he is just scum. So uh, it's, it's absolutely fantastic when you look at the Toronto media and Toronto fans because they're so wishy-washy on everything. But, Chase, that's going to do it for our little player check-in there. We just wanted to mention McDavid and Matthews just – incredible year so far uh, a little bit left to go mcdavid could he hit that 100 point mark in a 56 game season absolutely we'll keep an eye on that but chase we're gonna head to hockey name of the day now um scrolling down that okay what? um <laughs> i didn't think we did three names but i guess we're gonna do that now it's And I three I w- names that is that's there's three different like it's a first middle and last no? it's not a middle name
1: no. though. it's why is it, why is there a space it's like it's like you know when there's a van before a name or a mech before a name it's the same thing it's just part of yeah, the last but those name are connected this one's not connected most vans aren't connected they're only connected in like when they're like move over to america because they force them to come together like the original like originated names are usually separated
0: excuse you andrew van Ginkle is connected
1: yeah cuz it was forced to when he came over to America Not him but his family. <laughs> right. Okay, so let's try this. Um
0: man, that first name's getting me. Uh let's go Hube Depon. I don't know. <laughs> is it Hueb?
1: It is Hueb. Hueb, nice. Depon. It's it's the it's like a DE sound not a D-U. DU. Hueb Depon is actually a Dutch-born old-time forward uh you know he, he played on the original international team from the netherlands in the 1934-1935 season he was born in 1910 he scored the first ever goal for the dutch national team actually a fun fact of the day uh he was also um you know he, he was involved in world war ii uh you know he, he was part of like the resistance uh kind of anti-government group in the netherlands Uh, So, I mean, this dude just had, you know, a pretty active life. He got to play in world championships, never in Olympics. Netherlands never made it there. But, you know, he got to play some international hockey, played, you know, their pro league over there. Uh, He passed away in 2001. You know, he lived to the age of almost 91, just passed away at 90. So, you know, really kind of unique, incredible life and kind of fun fact. Yeah, absolutely. (laughs) An incredible story uh,
0: being on the Dutch national team. But, Chase, that's going to do it for the show. We're going to talk or we're going to do a little recap for the U18 World Junior Championship in next episode. So unfortunately, America was bounced already, um, but we wanted to wait until the gold medals were handed out. So we'll be talking about that in next Monday's episode. But that's going to do it for this episode. Chase, if you would
1: give them an outro, that'd be just glorious. As always, I want to thank you guys for listening. If you'd like to check us out on Patreon and support us that way, we'd really appreciate it. Not required, but just a way to get some more hockey podcast network content. If you want to follow us on Twitter at Bolts Broadcast, that is at Bolts Broadcast. You can follow the Hockey Podcast Network on Twitter at HockeyPodNet, that's at HockeyPodNet. While you're at it, follow WMP on Twitter at WMP Sports Pod, that's WMP Sports Pod. Bolts Broadcast, you can get our Tampa Bay Lightning talk and just kind of general hockey stuff as well. The Hockey Podcast Network, you can find the original content within the network. Uh, you know, whether it be a team show or just an original kind content of type of show, you can find it there. And then at WMP, you, you can find us mostly talking about football. You know, we do some hockey stuff or some other various sports stuff too. Uh, but you know, you, you can get your fix for really everything that's important in life and sports uh, between those three things. But while you're at it, check out the HockeyPodcastNetwork.com. Find all the podcasts in the network right there. Boom, click the logo. Listen, easy peasy lemon squeezy. Wherever you're listening, rate us five stars. Send us your questions, comments, concerns, and don't forget to use code THPN when you sign up for DraftKings. Thanks so much for listening. We'll talk to you guys next time.